do you have anything fun to say to kick the episode off? Fun thing to start the episode. I'll take that. Caribou, everybody. Welcome to. Uh, I think this is the final of a long string of episodes, which yeah. follow mine and Alex's sort of journey throughout. Mm. Um, I think we're gonna do a few more with Alan. Looking forward yeah, to that. We're gonna do a kind of in-country volunteer version of this. Yeah, that'll be good. So, mm. uh, we ended last time with us arriving back in. The UK on the plane, I yes. believe. It was me and Joe uneventfully saying goodbye to each other for the last time. <laughs> it was a very rushed goodbye, one of those sort of, yeah, see ya, see ya, everyone. Yeah. Uh, oh, I haven't said goodbye to everyone. Oh, oh well, mm. it looks like people are gone already. Oh well. Yeah. I think we had, or at least I had a big plan to like go out for drinks in London. Yeah, you did. In Glasgow, they have a subway, and they do a classic in the uni there. They do the subway crawl, where you get <laughs> off at each stop and have a drink, then get back on the subway and keep going around. And there's like 16 stops in total. And so I thought, well, do that in London. It's got an even bigger underground. But by the time... Well, I think people were very keen at about the half, the midway point. But then towards the end, I think people were just like, I just want to go home. Mm. And especially after like the flights and not getting a good night's sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think everybody was just completely pooped out that by the time you were waiting in, is it customs or whatever? Uh, no one really cared. And I think people <laughs> just headed off on their own. I think, yeah. It's very typical for that to happen. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing that it goes out with a whimper instead of a bang. But hey-ho. Hey I, yeah, I saw you off. I maybe saw your aunt or whoever. My mum. <laughs> oh, was it your mum? Okay. Well, yeah. And then... I got on the train. Charlie lives in Cambridge, which is like vaguely the same direction as me. So I think we both went to King's Cross together on the train. Okay. And I think I saw Patrick on there as well with his parents or someone. All right. Bought Charlie a pair of headphones, so he had something to listen to on the way back. And then, oh, yeah. How nice. Got the train from King's Cross or wherever up to Leamington and. Actually, at that point, it, I was so tired I didn't go to sleep, and I just went to a friend's house. A bit like that uh, Coldplay lyric, you felt so tired but you couldn't sleep. Possibly. And, uh, yeah. Had Stuck pizza. in the reverse. I'm not going to sing. And then went out for a night on the town. How was it? Was it a good night out? Was it an average night out? Uh... Probably like a good night out. I hadn't drank. I think it was, uh, so this was September and Leamington's uh, like a student town for all the students that go to Coventry and Warwick. And so they had like some student night thing. And so Jaeger bombs were like one pound each. So I think quite a few of those. Bit of a shock to the system after not drinking for 10 weeks straight, but whatever. It was, it was all right. But at the same time, I was absolutely exhausted. So yeah. Well, I got... When my mum met me at the airport and we got the train together 
to somewhere. I can't remember the details, but we we went to a Premier Inn where my mum was staying with my sister. And at that point, I had a proper shave because uh, I had a weird little weird little chin beard going on at this point. <laughs> I did say I went home and I also I didn't have a shave, but I like trimmed it back, got it looking a bit neater. Okay. Um. Yeah, and um, I was forced to throw away a pair of walking boots, which were stinking the place up. Mm. <laughs> I won't be modest about that. They were very dreadful. Uh, yeah, they had to go. No one misses them. <laughs> Worthy uh, sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. I actually had no shoes at that point, so my mum went to a charity shop and bought me a pair of... Uh, pair of converse which i still wear actually I like that's them. good that's good circular economy <laughs> indeed and then i think we went to my grandma's which would where my brother and my dad were staying mm. um and then a bit later we went to well we went back home yeah okay it was quite it felt very weird just like i was on this trip far away from home and now I'm just back everything's just the way it was again yeah I think well I guess you're going to talk about culture shock a bit but I think that was like the main thing for me was more being back home with like you know my own room my bed internet running water etc there wasn't so much a culture shock of like oh this stuff's crazy it was just more that like that Part of my life was over kind of thing mm. for so. me it was mostly like roads and cars like because i know there are roads and cars in like the a lot of the places that we went to like mm. uh, but like the village didn't was just sort of one sort of sandy road yeah occasionally a car a lot of motorbikes yeah, like but maybe one in a hundred vehicles going through wasn't a motorbike <laughs> yeah um so i was just seeing cars everywhere and just like oh what is this place i mean i know this place but this isn't this isn't what it was like surely mm. um i mean that didn't last all too long um but yeah like you said the main thing for me was like i was away for like three months and now i'm just back it felt disappointing maybe more than anything I was expecting, like, a big, like, I don't know. I was expecting it to be, feel bigger, like, because I'd been thinking about home a lot of the time during that. Uh, yeah. When I did get home, it was just like, oh, so we're here now. That was fun. Yeah. I had, so I had this massive uh, rucksack. I think my parents went on, on their honeymoon, they went round Scandinavia. And so they had big, massive rucksacks with these, like, frames inside because they were kind of, like, taking trains and whatever, and so they were having to carry a tent and everything. So I had that completely filled up with all of my stuff. I also bring back, brought back um, a one of the kind of, like, frying pans that they use in country. These are kind of, oh. like, simple, simple pans that they make out of two pieces of kind of stamped steel that are welded together. And they also cook on these little clay kind of furnaces that you put charcoal inside. And so I was keen to bring back something 
that I would use. And so, yeah, I brought back the pan and the, the little charcoal furnace. And as I was carefully unpacking my bag a few days later, because I'd left it for a while, uh, there was actually a scorpion inside my bag. Oh. Yeah, it was only like a little small one, but judged on uh, Indiana Jones, supposedly the smaller they yeah. are, the more dangerous they are. <laughs> but uh, no, it was dead. It was, yeah. You brought a scorpion back from Tanzania, that's... Accidentally, yeah. <laughs> so... Imagine if you started some in there. That was, yeah. That would have been <laughs> a infestation. infestation. <laughs> uh, and that was, yeah. Like you said, it was quite a shock to just go back to normal life so mm. quickly. I don't know, I think you get that after the end of any, like, well, volunteering isn't a holiday, but no. it's the same kind of, like, being on holiday and you're in New York or wherever. And then two days later, you're back at work or university or school or whatever. And it's yeah. a bit strange just being, going from something so... Out of the ordinary. Yeah, to the nine to the five kind of drag. It's a bit yeah. strange. But yeah, I went back to my course and I got an email a few... I'm not sure. I think I probably got an email on the day saying like, welcome back to the UK from Rally. Oh. But a few days later came through the dreaded uh action at home email oh <laughs> yes action at home good that you brought that up uh, mm -hmm. yes there was an action at home day uh did you go to that alex unfortunately not i was uh otherwise engaged otherwise engaged yes yeah. i i went to mine it was in london it was... Um, now, that's weird, because I thought they was in London and Manchester. I think they were, but I was more available for the London one. Oh, okay. Because you, you live in Manchester, or at least, like, very close to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I do. Um, but I, it, it was all right. I didn't want to miss any uni, specific, uh, especially because I had just started a new year, and it was like... <clears throat> I was keen to get back into uni stuff, um, but yeah, they planned... Yeah, le lectures in your first, like, two weeks or whatever. Yeah. Sets yeah. a bad precedent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I picked the London one that was on a convenient day for me. Uh, and I'm quite glad I did, because it was, like, ending it the way I started it, if that makes sense. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because we, we started by uh, applying for the thing in London, in uh, whatever the building was called. Um, and we went Horse back Ferry to that. Horse Ferry Road Avenue. Horse Ferry Road Avenue, yeah, that sounds right. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I went back to that building. Uh, and it was, it was good seeing everyone again. I mean, obviously not everyone. There was a yeah. certain, uh, certain echo-free member who... Did not show. Well, to be honest, I was uh, signed up to go to the Manchester one before some other stuff came up. So I wouldn't have been there anyway, unfortunately. That is a shame. Was the rest of Echo 3 there then? Well, funny you should ask for that. Um, I don't want to be a snitch, but I saw our team leader fill out the names on the register for some of our other Echo 3 members. <laughs> which was quite funny. And so those other Echo 3 members, they were just like, you know, 
they had writer's cramp, she was just doing it for them, or...? They weren't there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, our team leader was just like... Um, it was good to see her again, actually. <laughs> and was she there, or did she uh, go out for a smoke and not return? No, she was there throughout. Um, okay. Uh, she was the only other... Echo Free member who I who I saw again in real oh. life. I mean, I've spoken to you, obviously, but... <laughs> Joe, look out your window. Oh my god, how have you done that? <laughs> what? Ah, uh, right. Oh. Well, I'm in the same boat as the listeners now, because I actually don't know what happened at these uh, Action at Home days. So I would be interested to know how this all went down and what I missed out on. So there was a lot of self-reflection, as you can probably Could you give me like a a day-by-day, like how long did it take and that kind of thing? A similar amount of time to the uh, signing up one. Mm. Uh, I don't remember all the activities. Um, There was one where we had to... They they would list parts of the project, like arriving uh, in country, arriving in uh, your village, um, mm. starting on the project. Um, and for each of these stages, we had to stand on one side of the room, uh, wait, stand on, at some place in the room, one side of the room represented, like, very sort of anxious, nervous about um, things, negative sort of stuff. And the other side represented, like, positive, excited, uh, all that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And it was, it was, I, I don't know, you probably wouldn't have appreciated that all too much. I know you're not a massive fan of self-reflection, but I quite Oi, liked... no, I love self-reflection. I just think... It should be done with a bit more tact. These kind of big group activities and uh, organising takes all of the uh, nuance out of it and means that the uh, the actual point of the activity is negated. Okay. I'm a big fan of self-reflection, just not in this way. Perhaps I shouldn't have spoken for you there. That's Joe. <laughs> but I... Wait, sorry, what? <laughs> I don't imagine you would have been a fan of that particular activity. Mm. But yeah, it was good to see like we're all we were all sort of on the same boat. And also it was a chance to compare your experience with others. Like there were people who went to Nepal okay. uh, and there were people who who did wash, I think. Maybe. Yeah. And, How many uh, people were there? Because from when I was there for the interview, it was like quite a small place. I think if you had sixty people in that kind of combined office, it would be very busy. Yeah, well, it was. It was around that. Okay. Um. Yeah. Where was I? Oh yeah. And it, I, I, I was sort of like feeling at this point that um, a lot, the other programs got a lot more out of it than we did, or at least they were got the opportunity to put more. Because, like, uh, I mentioned at one point, like, we mentioned, uh, we were mentioning things that we thought 
weren't too good, could have been improved about our project. Uh, and by it, project, do you mean like Echo 3 and Kodoli, or do you mean livelihoods in Tanzania? Um, both. Like, we were, we were all raising our hands to talk about our own experiences. So I guess okay. for me it was, it was indeed uh, Echo 3 and Kodoli. And I, I sort of said, we had way too much free time. Um, I wish we could have done more um, stuff like that. And when, as I said that, a lot of people were sort of like, what? Free time? What? What? What is this? And I, I kind of felt a bit shitty then. I was like, well, while I was sitting around playing Phil, <laughs> <laughs> there were actually people building polytunnels and that kind of thing. Did anybody on other Tanzania, uh, what's it called, livelihood programs agree with you? Or were they also kind of confused by your free time? Hmm. I'm going to say they were also quite confused by my free time. Okay. Like maybe we got a village that uh, was already quite well off, perhaps yeah. in terms of livelihoods. Um. Hmm. I guess if you've got a bigger village, there's more chance for new business opportunities. That's true, actually. So potentially there was more uh, kind of, not effort put in, but there was more work to be done around building new businesses, whereas it was maybe slightly token in Quadoli. I mean, there was like people wanting to set up a shop in a village of a few hundred people that already had yeah. shops. Yeah, that is true, actually. I don't know, but it's interesting to hear. So did you, was there anyone there who must have been mentioned before? So Gabby was there, our team leader. Um, uh. Will and Lenny, I don't know if I've mentioned them on the podcast, but you'll you'll know them. Yeah. Henry, actually. Okay. Henry was there. Uh, Jack. Mambo. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, apologies, anyone else who was there who I've missed out. Okay, but a fair smattering of people. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, there were a fair few people, and... Uh, ah, the f main thing that we were there to do was to talk about our action-at-home ideas. Mm -hmm. And we were supposed to give a... Uh, you can't see that I'm doing inverted commas here. We were supposed to do a TED Talk... Okay. type thing um, so we had to do a sort of TED talk about what we wanted to do our uh, action at home so, so we did saw... you, sorry did you have to prepare that beforehand or did you do this on the day had you made a TED talk before you got there or were we supposed to yes did no. I no oh. did anyone not really okay uh, <laughs> so um, we sat in a circle um, and we'd go around and everyone would uh, say like something they were passionate about that was a, a key issue. Um, and there were some quite interesting ideas. Um, uh, and then they'd give us advice of like organisations that we can get in touch with to help us with our uh, action at home ideas. Mm -hmm. um, I guess uh, people listening to this maybe they would be in this situation wondering what to do. 
were there any ideas that you thought were particularly good that people could copy or be inspired by? Hmm. Uh, I'm thinking, because I know Will was very stuck for, like, what to do, and then he, when it came to his turn, he was like, something I'm really passionate about is this, this programme. So he wanted to do something to do with, like, convincing the next generation of uh, of rally volunteers. Okay. Uh, so I think that's that's something people do. You know, at the training weekend, there were sort of past volunteers. Yeah. I think for a lot of them, this that was their action at home. Oh, that's a cop out. <laughs> Is it though? Would you want to do that? Uh, no. But we'll get onto that later. <laughs> okay. So, oh, someone had something about mindfulness. That was an, an interesting one. We did a sort of meditation activity. You wanted to sort of promote uh, more of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all about mental health and stuff. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. Climate change was a big one, actually. Definitely. Yeah, a few, a good few people had that. Um, and rightfully so, it is a serious issue. Mm-hmm. Um, my idea was, um, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was passionate about homelessness. So I was just saying I want to help in any way I can to, uh, to help homeless people, I guess. Definitely. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but, uh, they just said just look at a few homeless charities and see if they got stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was uh, that was the main chunk of the Action at Home day. Mm-hmm. I actually so, have a bit of a story about um, after that. <laughs> definitely. This is the bit that everybody comes for. <laughs> yeah, um, so we, it finished at about 6 o'clock. Uh, Late one. <laughs> Um, might have been five actually. Might have been five. I don't know, but but we there was a plan to sort of, um, go for a night out. Afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, oh yeah, oh wait, shit, I've got no ID, so, uh, yeah, that Lucky was mistake. Disappointing. So I just stayed with them for prees, and then when they went to the club, I would, just go home. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't easy because I drank a lot. Um, silly, silly Joe. Yeah, I, I wish know. I had been there. Yeah, yeah, that would. I be. too could have abandoned you. <laughs> yeah, good one. Um, what was I saying? Uh, oh yeah. So when it came to getting the train, I was like, when you're when you're a bit drunk, your sort of judgments are a bit laxy. Um, mm. And I was like, oh, I got, I got 10 minutes until this train. I'm going to get something to eat. <laughs> so I, I went and got something to eat. Uh, uh, it was a sort of Brazilian bean sort of thing. It was like, mm. this is the closest thing I'm going to have. I'm going to have had to Tanzanian food since being back. So Were I'm... you at, by any chance, Liverpool Street Station? I don't know. Maybe. Because I think I've been to that exact same place. I remember just before 
uh, going out to uh, Tanzania. I had sold my car. It was a classic car, so I had to drive all the way to Essex to sell it. Ah, I see. And I got on the train from Essex into London. Yeah. This was like, this was like eight days before I flew out to Tanzania or something. And I was in a station and there was a Mexican like bean burrito place. And uh, ah, yeah. I can't remember who it was, but someone said like, you're going to be eating rice and beans every day in the village. I'm like, might as well start it now. And I <laughs> bought a burrito from that place. Could have been ah. at the same place in different points in time. Ah, it could have been. Wow, what, like what four months apart. Crazy. Was it sort of like the bit with all the sort of food places was yeah, yeah, yeah. raised above the station bit, so you could look down over a balcony at everyone looking at the big time. Yes. Thing. Yes. yes. We were at the same place, <laughs> Liverpool Lime Street. Wow, mind blown. <laughs> wow. I'm glad you brought that up. So yeah, you bought your little burrito. Yeah, so I I did that. It was very nice. What did you go for? I remember. Don't regret it. it. <laughs> I think it it's was like... a sort of Brazilian black bean. Oh, okay. Mix. I I I was drunk, so don't expect me to remember it exactly. It was very nice. Um, and then I went down to the, went down to the um, the what do you call it, platform, the platform, mm. and they were closing it up. It was like two minutes until the time that the train was going to be setting off. Mm. And they just closed the gate on me, which was Yikes. annoying. Yeah. Uh, there was actually this other woman there she, who, who was nearly getting through as well, and, and she was, like, arguing with them, like, where am I supposed to sleep tonight? I felt quite sorry for her. Um, this is why you need to learn to do the classic like hop over those turnstiles. <laughs> yeah. It served me many a time. Has it? Uh, I can imagine yeah. everyone just sort of runs after you. I was doing uh, an internship in Whitehall in London, and I needed to get back to get like the final train home, and my little ticket wasn't working on the underground. So yeah, I did that once. And it would have saved me like 70 quid to buy another train ticket. But yeah, if you're surrounded by people, that's a, a bit different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the people were closing it and I was like, oh, really? It's not even the time yet. Why would you do that? Why? I didn't know I had to be five minutes early anyway. Um, I did not know what to do at this point. So I, I was frantically looking at my phone like what other trains there's no other trains okay that's oh. fine um maybe i can spend a night on the streets of london maybe that'll be fun because I, I was oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was too ashamed to call my auntie and uncle I know they'd have had me, but I was just too embarrassed to be like, yeah, I missed the train because I got drunk. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was like, maybe I'll leap over here in this nice little cosy indent into a building kind of thing. It was sort of like a windowsill. Um, um, the main thing was people walking past. Uh, that I that made me kind of uncomfortable, and it was just yeah, 
I'm not going to yeah. do this. Uh, I, there was a little part of me that was thinking, I'm doing my action at home on homelessness. Maybe having an experience of one night might contribute something. And then I thought, no, that's ridiculous. Why would you be homeless when you have other options? So, yeah, yeah I... I looked at my phone again, tried to find some way back using the old Google Maps. I would have literally been a lost cause without Google Maps that night. Oh. Uh, so I found a route back to to um, Preston, and that was on, on the Megabus. That big gurning face I've often seen. Yeah, yeah. Dara O'Brien, he gets compared to that, <laughs> that face. Um, so I, I walked, I walked over there. Um, I make that sound easier than it was. I got lost a few times. I had to mm. use Google Maps and uh, sort of followed the line uh, as I was going. Mm. Um, I went back and forth quite a bit, around in circles a little bit. Eventually, I found the place, and I was like, ah, here's a Megabus. I prepared to get on, and the dude there, um, the Megabus was going all the way to Glasgow through, like, Manchester. Uh-huh. <laughs> through, like, Manchester and stuff, and, and the guy was like, hey, have you got a ticket, mate? And I was like, wait, tick ticket? Do I need a ticket? Can I just buy one here? And it was like, no, no, you need the ticket. Um, <laughs> so, I was like, oh, no, I don't have a ticket. Can I, oh. And he was like, wait, no, it's fine. I'll ask the driver. So he asked the driver, and the driver was less friendly. Oof. And didn't want me to get on. Saw that I was drunk. He was like, he's drunk as fuck. No, don't let him on. Um, Another... Glaswegian people are notoriously friendly. He must have been a bloody... Done Friesian or something. <laughs> well, the nice guy, the sort of conductor guy, convinced the driver to let me on for free, actually, which was, I mean, I didn't deserve that kindness, but I'm, if, if you're listening, I'm <laughs> very grateful, and I apologise for my terrible Scottish accent. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so he, he let me on for free. I found a spare seat, uh, settled down for a, a whole night's worth of sitting in a bus, <laughs> I think it yeah. was, um, yeah, and then I, I decided to get off in Manchester instead, and just go home for a night, just say hello to everyone, pretend, pretend it was planned. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just uh, turning up at like three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> absolutely steaming. It was actually eight by the time I got back, so it it did seem kind of normal. It was like yeah, uh. um, <laughs> yeah. It was a, the weirdest all nighter I've ever pulled. Yeah. Uh. Um. Yeah. I I was what I I did wander around Manchester for quite a bit, looking for a way back. Um. Eventually, I found the right station, got a train back to Cheadle Hume, 
this is after waiting at the wrong station for a good while. Uh, yeah, I got back eventually, and then everything was fine. And I hope you enjoyed my story. I've taken up about at least a third of the podcast with this, but I hope it was worth it. Drunk stories are always fun, and I think putting it on record is to be commended, Joe. Oh, thank you very much. As this was happening, I was previously engaged with a trip to Amsterdam, so you can imagine what was happening at the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I didn't partake in said action at home. I think I would have gone if I was free, but at the same time, like, I was fairly happy that I skipped it. Charlie didn't mm. even bother with the old excuses. He just straight up didn't turn up. And <laughs> as it turns out, so did the rest of, like, Echo 3. Mm. So I feel less bad for skipping it now. But uh, we did have to do the action at home. And that I did partake in. It was part of the, uh, like, graduation ceremony or something. You had to do it to officially uh, complete your rally volunteering experience but at the same time I was very on board with this I think it was uh, very important to like take the kind of volunteering uh, initiative and use it in your own communities I think a lot of the time and this will come up at the very end volunteerism is an excuse to go somewhere exotic and Mm. the actual volunteering part is a much smaller I don't know what you'd call it constituent but I think, yeah, the action at home is very important because it's like you can volunteer in your own communities and to a certain extent have more impact. Yeah. So I think tying that into the whole going abroad experience is to be commended. So, mm. yeah, I was uh, keen to get involved with this. And a bit like you, Joe, I got involved with homelessness. Levington's a fairly, like, middle-class, kind of wealthy area, mm. but it does actually have like statistically higher homelessness than an average town of its size. So yeah, it's a problem. I don't know what you call it, but it's quite apparent if you do live in Leamington that homelessness exists and especially contrasting with a fairly wealthy area, it's quite uh, disheartening. So I was very keen to get involved with it. Uh, I'll let you go because mine's unfortunately not that interesting. Um, mine's not massively, maybe a little bit interesting. I took mm. part in a sponsored sleep out. Um, okay. So this was a fundraising event. Uh, I think the challenge was to raise at least £200, I think. Okay. Was uh, this you raising £200 on your own or did you group in with a couple of other people? This is every contributor had to raise two hundred okay. pounds. So yeah, as you can imagine, it raised quite a fair bit for the for the charity. It was mm. the Foxton Shelter, which is a local homeless shelter in Preston, I think, mm. as well as a charity. Um, okay. So yeah, I I I did a bit of research on like what homeless charities there are in Preston. The Foxton Mm. shelter seemed like the biggest one. And the main thing they wanted people to do at this specific time 
was to take part in the sponsored sleep out. So I thought, okay, this is this this will do. It times times in well with my <coughs> with my um, action at home. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I did that. Turns out we were we weren't sleeping outdoors because um, I think it was too cold or something. They didn't want to actually make people do that. So uh -huh. we were indoors in a football stadium. Um, so, you know, you ever been to a football match? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, when, you, when you're about to go into the stands, the place where you can sort of buy... Um, Hot dogs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were in that bit. So, mm. it wasn't quite the same as sleeping outdoors, but yeah. uh, it was, like, the hard floor and... <laughs> And it, it I um I suppose it does simulate the sort of conditions that homeless people sometimes would sleep in. Yeah, if you can find a a bit that's off the streets but not yeah. an actual like proper indoors mm. area, these yeah. kinda interesting. Like in a train station or Yeah, something. or shopping mall or something. Mm. Yeah. I have uh, I remember you put a picture on your Facebook for that and I remember seeing that. Yes, I did. Um, I was trying to raise as much money as possible because, like, I had raised my two hundred, but they were like, um, I think they gave us a talk like while we were there. They said, oh. "Please, keep trying to raise more. We're doing great as it is, but the more we get, the better. So, promote this as much as you can." Mm -hmm. uh, so I was like, "Right, I'll put another post out there." I don't think I got that much at that point because people were like, oh, I've already donated. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I think I needed to sort of evidence something for for the uh, official rally stuff. Yeah. So, so, yeah. I put a little snapshot of that, that post. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So I took a bit of a lazy way to that. Uh, I also did homelessness. There's a few homelessness kind of shelters in Leamington, so I emailed them all saying, is there any way I can help out? Okay. But the only thing they really said was, uh, if you can help out with like raising money for us, we've got mm. all the staff that you'd need, which I think is like pretty much lots of charities are in that position. Yeah. That the best thing you can do is just give them money. Yeah. Uh, there's people that have much better skills with these situations than you do so mm. paying for them is much better than uh volunteering your time so mm, yeah, yeah i said about trying to raise money for them and i thought the best way to do that was a bake sale so uh -huh. my mum works out the, as the librarian well one of the librarians at a local kind of college in my town so i did a bake sale there and sold a bunch of stuff and made about 150 pounds for these homelessness shelters ah. now as with the action at home i wanted to do it like locally but rally says that you have to have like evidence of it and when i called up the uh, night shelter and stuff i was hoping to get like a almost like a receipt for donating the money but despite a bunch of emailing they couldn't like give me one they said you can donate it but we can't give you any evidence of it 
And so I ended up just donating to Shelter instead, which is a bit more broad scale. I kind of hope to have a bit yeah. more of a local impact. Similarly, that's mm. why I was advertising it when I was selling the stuff. But uh, regardless, uh, donated it to Shelter. So hopefully that helped out. I mean, Shelter is a good charity. Definitely. I think they even probably work in conjunction with a couple of the more local ones. Yeah, they must do. So hopefully, like, a little bit did go into the local community around me, but helping homelessness anywhere is to be commended, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. It was also, though, I wasn't really doing anything myself. I mean, baking isn't a particularly hard thing to do. Um, yeah. I wanted to feel a bit more... Well, there's uh, a whole TV show competition about it. Give it some credit. Well, sure. But, uh... <laughs> You know what I mean. I wanted yeah. to, a bit like you'd like slept out. I wanted to do something a bit more, mm. if anything, to just uh, negate my own feelings of not giving it enough. So I volunteered with a charity that uh, Rally suggested. So Rally during this whole time had been sending us a ah, bunch of okay. emails saying, hey, if you want to volunteer, there's a volunteering position in this charity or in this charity or whatever. But they were often like quite far away. So there was one that was like volunteering in uh, like South London. And I'm like, well, I live 90 miles away from that. I can't really drive there to volunteer a few hours to help clear up a park. That's not a good yeah. use of resources. But one of them was a charity called Care for Calais. So that's Care number four and then Calais. Uh, okay. So I was helping out with uh, refugees in the like, refugee camp over there. Ah. And so as winter comes in, there's a lack of kind of warm bedding. And so this charity, uh, you can donate to them, but you can donate money or you can also donate actual physical like blankets and stuff. All right. And so I volunteered my house to be a collection point for that. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they had a well, in a weird way, they had a lack of collection points in my area, but someone about two streets away had already set themselves up as a collection point. So if I'd lived like five miles away, it would have made tons of sense. But because we were so close, there was like, mm -hmm. so annoyingly they were like, yeah, it's not really any help. We'll put you on a, uh, what's it called? Like if that person gets full up or I don't know, they get ill and they can't do it anymore, we'll move over to you. So I did volunteer my house, but nothing came of that. I also similarly volunteered to actually be one of the drivers to drive it down. So I've got a driving oh, license yeah. and whatever. I sent off photos of that. But in another twist of fate, that also didn't turn out. I sent off like a photo and then they couldn't read it or something. So I sent another one and then there was an issue with it. But uh, yeah, so I did try, but nothing yeah. came from that. I have put myself down and well, I didn't do it last year at the end of 2019 because wait hang on no at the end of 2020 because of coronavirus but oh, yeah. i am when it whenever it's safe to do it again i do want to finish that off but yeah i sent off my receipt that i'd got from shelter and that counted as my evidence and i got my uh rally congratulations you have yeah. graduated the program i don't know where mine is but i know it was signed by Theresa may <laughs> Oh, mine was signed by Boris Johnson. Oh, was it signed? Mine might have been signed by Boris Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that makes more sense, doesn't it? Because 
he was the yeah. prime minister. At well, we time. started off, we left the country with Theresa May in charge and came back with uh, Bojo being our head of state, or, well, no, the Queen's the head of state, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I remember Will put um, <laughs> I found it quite funny because he put on Facebook, ah, oh, I finally got this, thanks Boris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny, but it was just... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so that's, well, I think that's the very final bit of my rally experience yeah thanks for sticking with us if you did and i hope as much as we have rambled on i hope that you've learned what you'll be doing i think this is probably the most uh in-depth uh resource that you could find for what you'll be doing provido that you're doing livelihoods and you're doing it in tanzania and they haven't changed it but i imagine it will stay pretty clear uh, pretty similar hmm now, I, in the first couple of episodes, I finished it off by asking you what you thought about it. But now we're at the very final period. I was going to open the question up a bit more broadly and just say, what did you think of the whole experience? What did you enjoy? What didn't you enjoy? What would you have improved? What would right. you have dropped from it? Yeah. And I guess the overall question is, what would you advise people going into it? And I guess if you could ask me those questions after as well. Right. If I remember them all, I will ask them. So I am glad that I did it. Mm -hmm. I am very glad that I did it. I'm glad that I'm, it's a good conversation point to say, oh, yeah, I've been to Tanzania. Um, and then, yeah, it makes people a little bit more interested in you. <laughs> as I've discovered recently. Um, but not just because of that, like the memories I've got, like specifically village life, living with those people, seeing how happy they are. Um, mm -hmm. Like, cause it's not what, what you see in the media. Like they're like, oh, the starving children in Africa, ah, oh, everything's horrible. But it, it's it's really not. I mean, yes, they are underdeveloped, and yes, they don't have enough resources. But they are an extremely humble and optimistic people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we can learn a lot from them. I definitely feel like I learned more from them and gained more from them than they did from me. And uh. I'm. I'm grateful for that. Um, I was hoping to give more back, mm -hmm. but um, the positives, I think, outweigh the, the negatives there because um, I can honestly say it was, was probably the best experience of my life. And I don't want to sound, like, cheesy or anything. Like, uh. like oh, this was amazing, yeah. It's, yes, I did this totally amazing thing on my gap year. But um, <laughs> it wasn't a gap year, but yeah. But I, I really loved it, and I'd love to do something like this again. Mm. It was brilliant. Um, what would I change about it? Qu quite a few things. I would change sort of like the way that they uh, advertise it, like be aware. I'd, I'd say like they should make people more aware that there, there are going to be times 
in some situations. I mean, I know it's hard because every every project in every country is different, but like there will be times when you don't have a lot to do and you will feel quite helpless. Um, just yeah, just be aware of that, and I, that's also my advice to uh, all of you. Not every second you're gonna be doing the amazing things that you think you're gonna be doing. There will be times when you're sat on the floor, uh, reading, yeah, wishing you could be doing more, but at the same time not knowing how to do more, while also thinking you sh- you should be doing more. Um, mm. My advice, I guess, is just to go with it. Don't have too many expectations and pre... Um, and, you know, predictions for what you're going to be doing. Just Just sort of take it as it goes. Uh, with a with a posit- positive and optimistic mindset, and know that you will feel like you will you won't regret doing it. Because mm. I I certainly don't. Yeah. So right back at you with those questions. Uh, what what did you what? How are you feeling about it? What would you change? Uh, what advice would you give? Go. Well, I don't want to parrot you too much because I think I agree with pretty much everything you say. I think I'll start. Uh, so once again, yeah, it's uh, one of those things I'll never forget it. It's, yeah, probably the single most like memorable and... Uh, out there thing I've ever done so definitely wouldn't change it I had great experience I met some people that I think will be like my lifelong friends I think it really opened up my perspective of the world and people and the human condition in general Um, I thought it was really great but and I think this is quite a big but uh, (laughs) big but I think I don't know. I, I put it in that thing of that, like, you know, you hear those stories about someone, I don't know, they're doing something, they break their arm, they go to hospital, mm. and then uh, they get chatting to one of the nurses or whoever in there, and that's how they meet their, like, partner. Yeah. And when you look back on it, you'd be like, well, of course I'm glad I broke my arm because mm. it led to, you know, this thing. And I think I see Rally a bit like that, which is, hear me out because that sounds terrible. <laughs> Rally is breaking your arm. Like I loved all the experiences and the people I met and the opportunity and stuff, but at yeah. the same time, I did go there to like volunteer, mm. and on that front, I don't think it really uh, delivered. Mm. Like. As much as I really enjoyed this experience, I think I would have got the same experience if I'd just Gone signed up own. for some... Yeah, and or signed up to some, like, kind of just a holiday where you stayed in a yeah. village as opposed to an actual volunteering thing. And so to people coming into it, I think 
going abroad to a country which like is a completely different culture, different language, uh, different uh, what's it called climate, etc. You're going to have these uh, experiences regardless, and I would hazard people against uh, going into volunteering, or at least volunteering with charities a bit like Rally. Mm. I think. Well, my loyal checklist would be check whether or not you have to pay for the flight yourself. And if you don't, be kind of, uh, what's it called? Um, be kind of skeptical because if the charity's paying for your flight from your donations, that's money that could have been spent elsewhere. And are you really bringing that amount of kind of worth to the charity? I don't know. I don't want to be negative, but at the same time, I think that there are other charities that I would have gone with instead of. There's a charity in South Africa that you care for lions, and mm. they pay for your accommodation and food, but you have to pay for your flights in and out. And friends who have done that have the kind of completely different experience. They get mm. all the living in a local community kind of stuff that I really enjoy, but they also had, they worked three days, they had four days off, and on those three days, they were absolutely exhausted because they were doing physical work and they paid for their flights out because they were literally this company that looked after the lions. It made sense for them to have them there instead of, yeah. So, I don't know. I think the key thing is to understand that it's more for your benefit than for the benefit of uh, the people in the village. Definitely. And I don't and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think you should go into it knowing that. Yeah. And for me, that was a very big sticking point throughout the whole thing. I couldn't get over that. And so I think that took away from my experience that if there was another charity that didn't have that thing, this would have been a hundred percent ten out of ten. Mm. Uh suggest it to anybody kind of experience but because it wasn't i feel a bit trepidatious if i'm honest before going in i did have doubts like what is it that i myself can contribute to help these people that that's worth me flying over there Mm. and and people did like sort of tell me yeah it's it's more for you, and it's a cultural exchange, so... Because uh, the, the TC volunteers, like, they they have friends in us, and we have friends in them. And, Definitely. You know, people like and Alan, that's the thing, that Godfrey, I am eternally grateful that I've got that. Yeah. But, yeah. I think as much as they said it wasn't volunteerism, I think it very much was, as you said... It was our own personal growth and our own personal uh, mm. cultural exchange, etc. That's the main focus of this project, not the stuff that they sell you on. And I would just say, if you do care about being the stuff that they sell you on, maybe, well, maybe try to find a different uh, organization that's more project focused. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't advise anyone against it because I think everyone has a lot to gain from this experience. Definitely. I just think that there's potentially another organisation that you could gain even more from. 
Yeah. And I think Rally paints itself as that organisation, but to me, it felt that it wasn't. All this being said, there may be someone listening who has done Rally and had a completely different experience, one where they felt like they did have a have an impact. Like, um, I know my cousin spent time building polytunnels and then saw the village people eventually using those polytunnels Mm. uh, and uh, yeah it did slightly annoy me when I found out people other people like did the same did a project with the same organization but had a lot more of an impact and had a lot more things to do like people People were tired. People were spending like twelve hours a day doing stuff, mm-hmm. while we were uh, spending twelve hours a day reading books. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I hope I haven't come across too negative. I just think rally paints itself as something different in the uh, in the kind of training stage to what it is when you're in village so be wary of that but regardless you will have an amazing experience you'll never forget mm-hmm. but i think it focuses more on you as a person than the project and the communities you're working in so be very aware but anyway sums up uh, quite nicely that well, hopefully makes up for my absolute ramble earlier but anyway <laughs> uh that is us done for the final time. Uh, we'll be coming back with our friend Alan, who was a Tanzanian in-country volunteer, and we'll do a similar series to this, where we talk through his various, from him, how he signed up, a bit of overlap with the actual project. So you'll see it a bit like Back to the Future 2 <laughs> from a different perspective. You can see it from the TZ perspective, which I think will be... Uh, very interesting yeah and then hear about uh hopefully hear about quadoli post us leaving oh yeah that would be valuable so listen out for that we might have a couple of weeks off but uh we'll come back with that and hopefully that'll be interesting and potentially even more engaging because hopefully we can share it with a couple of people who might potentially be in-country volunteers I've seen we have mm. a few listeners in Tanzania and South oh. Africa. So if that's you, hopefully we can open up the door. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this is the back half. So the stuff that people come for, for a while now, this will be the last Swahili segment. Well, yeah, I, I think we should be handing this over to Alan uh, after, after Definitely. this. Definitely. Because... Um, one for old time's sake. Speaks the language. Okay. Emotions. How about emotions? I have zero, but uh, <laughs> it'll be good for me to, uh, when I get my uh, emotions chip installed. Hakuna. You have Hakuna. Have a guess at what I'm saying. Nime sikitika. Um, right. Nothing about those words sounds vaguely familiar. But the okay, way you shall said I, it, Nime, Nime is I have been, I am, I am, Nime. Okay, 
Nime Sikitika. You said that in a rather sad way, so I, I imagine this isn't positive. Yeah, you are right. It, it, it's a lot of, like, the sort of sad sort of emotions. It's like, I'm sad, I'm disappointed, I'm sorry. Um, Nime Sikitika. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that like a word that means a loss of them then? Um, I think just because languages aren't always exact, there are going to be overlaps. Okay. Nimesikitika. Um, I'm sorry. I'm disappointed. Nimeforahi. That sounds more positive. Think of Ninaforaha Kukutana Nawewe. I'm saying Nimeforahi. Oh, so, well, I guess I'm pleased? Yeah, or... pretty much, I'm happy. Oh, okay. Nime forahi sana. Nime forahi sana. Um, oh, I think I'm getting this right. Nime kasirika. Uh, once again, I'm just going off the tone of your voice. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping to... I'm excited, that. something like that. Maybe angry, but I think angry, more positive. Yeah. Oh, angry. Angry. I'm not sure about excited. Uh, okay. Nime kasirika. Uh, okay. Uh, I've got one more, I think. What was it? Ah, yeah. Uh, nime fadaika. Uh, once again, doesn't sound positive. Uh, I am lonely. I don't know. That that works actually, yeah. It's I I it's I am depressed is what it translates to on Duolingo. But okay. I I guess you can say it for like you're sad or you're lonely or yeah. Mm. Uh okay. I, there's also Nimelewa, I'm drunk. Ooh. That's not really an emotion, but <laughs> Nimechoka, <laughs> I'm tired. Okay. Not really an emotion either, but over to you. I'm so bored. Alex's boring fact. So, uh, the flag of Jamaica. Uh, I remember doing this in, like, primary school. I think the black represents the people, the yellow represents the sun, and then the green represents the, uh, like, island and vegetation stuff. Ah, okay. So now, remind me, it's a black cross with yellow on the outside of it, and then green background. Is that right? Uh, it's um, a yellow cross, black on the sides, green on the top, top and, bottom. and bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will edit that down. Uh, <laughs> so now the Jamaica flag is quite unique, and do you know why that might be? Um, I will say that it's the polar opposite of the French flag. And can you think why? Is it the colours that are used? Potentially, yes. Because uh, they're more used in sort of African flags. Uh, yellow, blacks and greens. And mm -hmm. the sort of Western flags tend to go for their whites and your reds. Jamaica is the only flag in the world that does not contain... Blue, white, or red. Wow. Every other flag in the world, including every single flag in Africa, and wow. all the other continents, has at least white, blue, or red in it in, yeah. some, in some place. Tanzania has blue, doesn't it? Yep. Kenya, my favourite flag, has red and white. 
Uh, and yeah, you can fill in the rest of them. But yeah, mm. Jamaica, only flag in the world that doesn't contain one of those three colours. That's interesting. You're supposed to be bar, in fact. <laughs> well, it took me quite a, quite a while to think that one up, but I'll have edited out the pause, so you're none the wiser. <laughs> mm. Well, final time of doing this. Though I guess we can bring it back. Yeah, uh, we can. A couple of the bonus episodes. Uh, 15 quid. Ladies first. So, Joe, what's the the economist's conundrum this week? <sighs> I haven't thought of one. Um, I think probably something to do with the whole rally experience would be quite appropriate. Ah. Uh. Uh, so, before you went to Tanzania, mm-hmm. would you rather a podcast like this existed and you found it, or 15 quid? Uh, and this like is with about... the knowledge you have now that you can, like, would you rather your past self have had that? or? It's one of those things, like I said, about like breaking your, breaking your wrist and then meeting your significant other. I wouldn't want that knowledge because I think I wouldn't have gone and then I wouldn't have met you or Alan or all the other mm. people and I wouldn't have had all those experiences. But at the same time, uh, if you... So I'd take 15 quid, not that podcast. But at the same time, if you... If I can go back in time, I somehow have this knowledge and I'm friends with you and whatever, but I'm back in my body and I can choose to do something differently... Oh yeah, hell yeah! I'd take the uh, fifteen quid and I'd <laughs> sign up for a different charity. <laughs> I would have uh, volunteered with Archelon. Uh, it's a tea turtle, uh, sea turtle uh, protection society in Greece. Ah. It's one of those weird things that Charlie said he had been on it and it sounded great, and also had a friend Tim from university who did it, and was actually the reason I decided to volunteer in the first place. Oh wow. He said about, uh, yeah, his experiences there. And then uh, when I started looking, Rally came up pretty early on and I decided to go for them instead because I thought, yeah. Mm. So, But yeah, I think I would have liked to have had this knowledge, but only, once again, I've already done it and I've got all those memories and I wouldn't sacrifice them for anything. Yeah. So despite not thinking Rally pulled through on its promises, I'm glad I went through with the volunteering process regardless. What about you? I I don't know. I I'd have probably still done it if I um I'd have probably still done it. Mm. Um after the And you don't think you would have volunteered for a difference NGO? Maybe, but I, I wouldn't really know if they'd be much different and that I I know that that we've said in this podcast like different every experience is different like every every village every program you can have a different experience and and Hmm. I don't know if I had already signed up uh, I would I would stick with it if I hadn't signed up Already, I'd give it a second thought. Okay. But, so. yeah, I'd, I'd have liked this to exist. So, mm. yeah. 
Right. Uh, I'm going to do my own one, but I'd put in a slight uh, derivation of yours. I don't even know how I'd phrase it. Uh, 15, so what is it? Your, your current experience, or... Oh. Uh, no, no, never mind. I'll uh, edit that whole out. That could have okay, been so interesting. <laughs> it, I was just going to say, like, do you want to go... Do you think, if you had this experience, do you think you would have maybe signed up to go to Nepal and do the polytunnels experience instead? Uh. Experience? Volunteering? Project instead? Mm, maybe. Like, I, it's hard for me to say now that I've lived the experience and I wouldn't want to, like, unwrite any of the friendships I've made and anything like that. Mm. But if I was told exactly what I was doing on the polytunnels uh, and exactly what I'd be doing uh, in, with the livelihoods in Tanzania, because polytunnels was livelihoods as well, um, mm. I'd have probably taken the Nepal one, but I don't know if I w want to say at this point that I would like to go back and change it because, you know, I, I met so many people, if that makes sense. Definitely. Uh, right, now, on a slightly lighter note, uh... My 15, <laughs> 15 quid. quid's meant to be the lighter one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 15 quid, but you're never allowed to touch the uh, tree in the centre of... Uh, what's it called? Quidoli. So this is the one in the uh, sports field that we often used to sit under in the shade. Okay. So I'm going to say if you touch it... Uh, it deletes all your memory of uh, Quidoli and anything that happened there. So it's a pretty serious thing that you yeah. do. But 15 quid. Oh, I don't, it's too high of a risk. Like if I, if I trip and accidentally touch it and then... You know what, that is, yeah. When I'm I mean, told not to touch stuff, I get more tempted. <laughs> um... So, yeah, like, do not press the big red button type scenario. Mm. So you think you can't trust yourself with that £15? I can't trust myself, no. One as if it's that tree out towards the... Uh... Would I know? One as if it's that tree that looks like a person on the top of that hill. 15 quid, but you can never touch that. Uh, 15 quid, I guess. Did okay. we ever get near it? I got near it, but you never did. Means you can never go back and touch it, though. <laughs> the tree, man. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's about us done for today, which yeah. means this whole series is done. Much like the project itself, it ended quite <laughs> anticlimactically. Yeah. I think that's just how things in life generally are. We're yeah. quite entitled not entitled uh we're quite acclimatized to everything being very romantic and tying yeah. up with a neat bow like it does in films and mm. tv but in real life it's often just quite dull yeah and unceremonious so yeah mm. i'm glad i did this yeah I'll catch up with you and well i actually did talk to alan the other day so it's opened up that 
that friendship back up. So I'm very oh, glad yeah. of this. I'm glad for all the people who have listened to it. And I hopefully, yeah. At Hope best, you got something at, out of it. Yeah. At worst, people are a bit more aware of what they'll be doing and can hopefully prepare for that, bring some books. And <laughs> at best, maybe someone will, well, maybe even just decide to do Rally and it really works for them. Or yeah. volunteer for another organization. Either way, I'd be very honored, not honored. Uh, I'm happy that this could maybe have that impact. So yeah. yeah, definitely. Come back in a couple of weeks and we'll have uh, Alan's side of the Tanzanian story, the, uh, the, the rally volunteering story. And yeah, we will then do the final little couple of episodes of apps and games, food, and maybe a Halloween special for The Economist. <laughs> That's a way off. Time time flies when you're having fun. It does indeed, and especially when uh, when the 20, 21st of June has passed us, hmm. when things are back to, uh, potentially back to normal. Yeah, we can maybe Whatever even do an in-live session. Yeah, anyway. we can. We, yeah, we can. This, a bit like us sitting on the logs in Tanzania, is just uh, meandering on with no end. So, <laughs> a bit like me getting up to go back home. Yeah, and then and we I'm just <laughs> <laughs> we just continue our conversation. And then yeah. we just uh, gravitate back towards the logs. Yeah. But I'm standing up at this time and I'm putting my foot down. I am going to go back to Mama Joseph's. So, from me, it's a badai. And from me as well, badai. Oh, yeah, I'm recording, aren't I?